Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now Welcome back to Bring on the Weird. You're Elijah. That's me. You're Will. That's me. Excellent. Time for some more creepy stories. You know, somehow we set this up so that we're going to get we, they, us, them, us, everybody, whatever, five volumes of creepy stories in October. I don't know how we did that, but we did it. Lucky us or lucky them? Yes. Or lucky nobody. Oh. <laughs> I don't think they're that bad. Well, some what are you drinking tonight, been. my good man? I am having a Finder New England double IPA that my buddy from work brought back from Maine. Well, nice. his brother brought it back from Maine for me because you can't get them around here, and they're so good. I think I like them a lot. Yeah, let's go get some. I like double IPAs. Oh, we could go. Cool. To, yeah, we go right past Massachusetts. Sam Adams. Good. Well, I was thinking Salem. Oh, there you go. Yeah, man, that'd be wild. Be Weekend scary. trip. Did you say chemtrail? I said weekend trip. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. My mind. What are you having? I poured some of my vanilla gem beam into some orange soda. In a Sam Not, Adams glass. In a Sam Adams glass, yeah. I got this whew, years and years and years ago. But the orange soda and the vanilla gem beam, I wouldn't call it creamsicle, but it's in that. It's in there somewhere. Yeah, I definitely would have tried that if I had those ingredients. I would have given that a shot for sure. Maybe if I, if I just if I put some more vanilla in it myself. Yeah, a little splash maybe, of vanilla. Well, I mean, it's a vanilla gem beam, and I thought that was going to be enough. Yeah. But if I splash my own vanilla in there, it'd probably be a bit more creamsicle-y. But it's still good. Yeah, just put it in some Coke. You get some vanilla Coke. No, no. Nope. You don't like vanilla Coke? No, I do not. Podcast over. <laughs> We're ending this. This is the last episode. We're done. <laughs> I like it. It's good. No. I don't know. I can't get down with that one. Is it scary for you? <laughs> Is it spooky? It's not Coca-Cola. That's what it isn't. It's Coke that tastes like vanilla. I, I don't want vanilla in my Coke. I want Coke. Then buy a Coke. With no vanilla. That's the plan. That's also an option. <laughs> you got those squirter jobs in there now. Cherry, vanilla, Dr. Pepper, though. Yeah. I can get down with that. Doesn't Dr. Pepper already have like 23 flavors in it? <laughs> now you're going that... cherry and vanilla? 25? Yes. yes. Take it easy. Isn't that Baskin Robbins? I think they're 32, aren't they? <laughs> I don't know. No, Maybe. I don't either. <laughs> I can only keep up with so much. I think some of it's leaking out too. So I'm pretty sure I'm starting to forget stuff. Or maybe it's just an alcohol-addled mind. 
I think it's because we're cramming so much of this incredible knowledge in our brains that it's pushing out all the other stuff. Pretty soon I'm going to forget the names of my children. I don't even know what my name is. You have to tell me every week. <laughs> Twice a week. Well, that's true. So, see, I forgot. All right. We better get this started. parted. Yes, sir. I suppose I'm starting this week, and I'm going to start with from our subreddit, Free Horror Stories. This is by user Bearded Bamboozle. It's a fun name. <laughs> I like it. It's a true story. It's the ones we've been leaning on. It's a slightly different flavor. I think we've done a couple that are in haunted houses, sort of. Yeah, people's houses where they've experienced some craziness. This one is a slightly different, still haunted in a sense, but it's called Night Shift in a Care Home. I recently found some Let's Read type channels on YouTube and decided to try and write down an experience I had a few years ago because it seems similar to the content being posted. I'm a 27-year-old male. I live in the UK with my fiancé and currently work as a teaching assistant for teenagers with special education needs in a school not far from Bradgate Park in Leicestershire. I've worked at a number of schools and children's homes now, and these buildings especially the children's homes, are usually old, renovated houses or halls. This particular story happened in 2013 when I had just started working as a support worker at a care home for teenagers and young adults, 18 to 30 years old, with autism, brain damage, and challenging behavior. The house that I worked in was pretty big. There were two living rooms, a large kitchen, a games room, a study, and five bedrooms. There was also a huge garden with a summer house slash activity room, that led onto acres of fields and woodland. I've been working there for about three weeks and primarily worked the walking night shift. This shift ran from 10 p.m. until 8 a.m., and it was my duty to make sure all the residents were settled for the night and to get the cleaning done before the day staff came in to take over. I would usually get all my jobs done by around 1 a.m. and spend the rest of the night listening for anyone that woke up. I'd watch TV, read my university course books, or sometimes just play games on my phone once I finished. The residents usually slept all night. On one particular night, a young man named James, not the actual name for legal reasons, was particularly restless. He was not very big, but he had a lot of strength behind him when he got into one of his bad moods, and the slightest thing could set him off. He once threw a member of staff through a patio door because she had forgotten to put cold water in his tea before he drank it. He could not form full sentences and would communicate with fairly simple words, but put together in a way that he understood. For example, he would say something like, James, make breakfast, when he was ready to make breakfast, or James, go outside, if he wanted to go outside and play. He was generally well-behaved and could be quite funny when he wanted to, but was well-known for his temper. At around 11 p.m., James got up and came downstairs to make a drink. I stood in the doorway and watched to make sure he didn't break anything or hurt himself, and he went back upstairs without any real bother. I sat on the top step and kept an eye on his door for maybe 15 minutes or so to make sure he didn't wake any of the other residents. Once he had settled, I went back to my cleaning. The room beneath James' bedroom was a communal living room with board games, a TV, sofas, books, and stuff like that. I was in there dusting and mopping the floor when I heard something heavy drop onto the floor in the room above. I knew James was prone to temper tantrums if he got frustrated, so I went upstairs and knocked on his door. As I reached for the key to open it myself, he opened the door and looked at me. He seemed perfectly calm, and his eyes looked almost half shut, like he hadn't been asleep. Or like he had been asleep. I asked if he was okay, and he said yes, and put his thumb up. This was something he did when he was in a good mood and not stressed out. So I left him to it and told him to be careful, thinking that he had knocked something over. An hour or so passed, and by now I was in the kitchen cleaning the sink. 
I heard another bang above me, again like something had been dropped. This time I realized that the room above the kitchen was currently empty. The house was set up to house five residents, but there were only four, and the room above me was the spare empty room. I immediately went to check it out, but the room was empty. I stood there for a while, and as far as I could tell, everyone was asleep. Due to the nature of their condition slash behaviors, each resident has an alarm fitted to their door that is activated at night, so if anyone leaves their room, a small receiver box that the night staff carry around makes a noise, and a light blinks for a few seconds to indicate which door had been opened, numbered 1 through 5. The alarm had not gone off, so I knew that the noise was not from any of the residents. I got back to my cleaning and didn't hear anything else for the rest of the night. The following night, I got to work just before 10, and as I entered the hallway, I could tell that something was wrong. James was at the bottom of the stairs, covering his ears and humming loudly, and three members of staff were with him. After a few minutes, he was escorted to the sitting room, and the house manager gave me a rundown of what had been going on. For the last four hours, James had been quite agitated and kept repeating the phrase, Sarah, little girl. When asked what was wrong, this was something we had never experienced with him before, and the general conclusion was that he had seen something on TV or in a movie that stuck in his head and made him repeat this phrase. Once James had settled in bed, the night staff left and the other member of staff that was sleeping in went up to the staff bedroom. I got on with my task and, as usual, finished around 1 a.m. Soon after this, I went upstairs to do a quick check on all the residents, but as I got on the first floor landing, I noticed the light had been turned off. There were two small corridors leading to the bedrooms on the left and right-hand sides of the staircase. James's room was on the left, and the light switch was just outside his room. I turned the corner to flick the switch, and there, in the darkness, in complete silence, was James. He was stood in the corner, completely naked, with his eyes as wide as he could possibly hold them. I'm a big guy, six foot three and weigh about 220 pounds, but at that moment, I was really creeped out. I spoke calmly to James and asked him what was going on, and for a while, he said nothing at all. Then, as I turned the light back on, he louted out an ear-piercing scream and started slapping himself around the face. The sleeping staff woke up at this point and helped me to calm the situation and get James back into bed before reassuring the other residents that nothing, that everything was fine. After that night, I had four days off. My shift pattern was seven days on, two days off, followed by eight days on, four days off, and I was relieved that this incident had happened just as my time off began. I got back to work the following week and was told that the situation with James, talking about the little girl, had got a lot worse. He would spend hours staring out out of the window that overlooked a garden saying, Little girl, where are you, little girl? And no one knew where he'd heard this phrase. That night, around 3 a.m., the alarm went off to say that the door to room 5, the spare room, had opened. Now this instantly seemed a bit weird as the door to the spare room is always kept locked because it was being used for storage at the time. I went up to investigate and found James stood in the room in the dark. He didn't seem to notice me entering and he was just he just stood there whispering, Where are you? Over and over again. I gently touched his shoulder and said something like, Come on, mate. Let's get back get you back to bed. It's late. James turned around and started heading back to his room and for a second I was relieved. But then, as I locked the door to the spare room, he screamed out, Oh no and started pummeling the door with both fists. As he did this, the alarm went off to indicate that the front door had been opened. The only people with a key to the front door were myself, as the night wake staff, and the house manager. The door has four locks on it, two that require a key and two that require electronic ID cards. It was now 3.25 a.m., and the manager never came in before 8 a.m., so I presumed there must have been some kind of mistake and continued to defuse the situation with James. He finally calmed down and went back into his room, so I went downstairs to check the front door. To my surprise, it was wide open. 
I shut it immediately and started checking every room in the house in case someone had got in. I then checked on each of the residents to make sure they were all still in the house. Everything was fine. The next night, everything was calm until around 2 a.m. when one of the other residents, Connor, got up and said that someone was tapping on his window. I guess that must have just have been dreaming as his window was on the third floor of the house and was at least 25 feet from the ground. I went back up to his room with him to reassure him and checked his window. Sure enough, it was shut and a security lock that prevents it from opening wide enough for someone to fit through, it was still sealed. As he got back in bed, I heard footsteps on the stairs outside of his room. He froze for a second and looked at me with an expression of pure panic on his face. I opened the door to see who it was, but no one was there. He was clearly scared by this and said, Is he back? My blood ran cold, and I asked, Is who back? What do you mean? Connor looked over my shoulder and then sank down into his bed, pulling the duvet up to his mouth. I turned around to see what he was looking at, but there was still no one there. Tell him to go away, Connor said in a hushed, scared voice. I tried to reassure him, but there was no one there, and left his bedside lamp on before leaving the room. I went downstairs and sat outside on the patio with a cup of coffee. It was the middle of January and around negative two outside, but I felt like I had to get out of the house for a while. After about 40 minutes, I went back inside and washed my cup in the sink, dried it, and put it back in the cupboard. Beneath the cupboard was a locked, secure drawer where all the sharp knives are kept until needed. The drawer was open slightly. This was obviously a major issue as none of the residents were allowed to access the knife drawer without supervision. I counted the knives and realized that there was one missing, so I woke the sleep-in staff, told her the situation, and we began a search. Nearly two hours later, we still hadn't found this missing knife, so decided to just keep our guard up, make sure none of the residents were hiding it. Two hours later, at 5.30 a.m., the alarm sounded. It was the door to the spare room again. I went to check it out and found that the door was locked. How could the alarm have been activated by the door opening if the door was still locked? I went inside and turned the light on. To this day, I still have no explanation for what I found, and I often think about this incident. The bed had been pushed from its usual place and was against the wall, and the wardrobe doors were open. There were screws and nails all over the floor, but nothing was broken. But the most disturbing part, in the middle of the room, there was a children's doll, a gold bracelet, and the missing knife from the kitchen. The doll was an old-style baby doll. My guess was that it was made in the 50s from the style of clothes and the overall look of the doll. The bracelet was simple but old-looking. It left everything as it was and reported it to the manager as soon as she arrived. No one ever claimed that the bracelet belonged to them and it was taken to a charity shop soon after along with the doll. After the doll and bracelet were removed from the house, James seemed to calm down and never mentioned a little girl or stood around in the dark again. I still don't have an explanation for everything that happened and sometimes think that it was just a combination of strange behavior of a young autistic guy and the fact that the house was old. But on the other hand, a lot of stuff happened that I can't explain logically. My only regret now is that the doll and bracelet are gone and can't be examined or identified. Maybe it was paranormal? Who knows? But now I work day shifts and do not plan on working night shifts again anytime soon. The end. Whoa. A little creepy. Yeah. There was something going on there. It had to have been. So all the, all the doors are locked and there's all alarms for everything. Yeah, it wasn't just an autistic kid. It was. No, it had to be was- something. And he, was he wasn't just something. making it up. Yeah, he was experiencing something. Yeah, for sure. That's insane. Yeah. But it was used for storage. But there, At the time. Wait, yeah. I, yeah. But then there was just a doll and a bracelet. And all the, like, all the stuff was moved. Yeah, bed pushed up against the wall, wardrobe open. And then the other guy experienced somebody tapping on his window 25 feet up. Yeah, I've, look, I've <laughs> read stories <laughs> about these window tappings, and it, 
scares the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> there's like a, a theory that says like you hear like three taps and yeah. it's like a an omen that someone's going to die. Great. Yeah. So you you probably hear the taps all the time, don't you? Look. <laughs> if I hear those taps on my window on the second floor, one more time. Um no. No. <laughs> not at all. I don't want to hear them at all. Wow, that was creepy. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, I almost picked that story. You know why I didn't? Why? Literally one reason I didn't. Why? Because of the name Leicestershire <laughs> or whatever it was. I, I didn't know how to say it. And I was like, I'm not doing that story. You could have probably just made something up. <laughs> I was like, what, no way. Worcestershire. We don't even know how to how to say the name of the condiment correctly. Nobody does. Worcestershire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you I spell just, it? Barely. I can't. I gotta look at a bottle to spell it. <laughs> I gotta ask Siri how to spell it. And she doesn't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, because I can't say it. <laughs> Leicestershire. Leicestershire. <laughs> like my mouth doesn't work when I all those shush shush shush. Like that was a reason. It doesn't work. All right, better take a break so we can get into the other ones. Okay. Here we go, round two. You're Are you ready to get scared? Yes. Are you ready to have your hair fall out of your head? Too late. For the listeners, are you ready for your hair to fall out of your head? Well, be prepared, because you're about to be horrified. Uh, I got two quick ones. Uh, they're uh, urban legends I found online. I thought they were pretty creepy and figured I'd go with them. No, right? So the first one's called Humans Can Lick Too. I mean, just the title. That's I yeah, mean, that's creepy, right? right? <laughs> so it says... This is a scary urban legend called Humans Can Lick Too, or The Licked Hand. It's about a beautiful young girl who was left home alone one night, but protected by her dog, which was a very large collie. The parents told the girl to lock all the windows and doors after they had left, but there was one window in the basement that could not close completely. Trying as best as she could, she finally got the window shut, but it would not lock. So she left the window and went back upstairs. But just to make sure that no one could get in, she put the deadbolt lock on the basement door. Then she sat down, had some dinner, fed her dog, and decided to go to sleep for the night. Settling down, she snuggled up in bed. Her dog slept underneath her bed. She reached her hand down and let her dog lick it as she said goodnight. But during the night, she woke up with a start. The girl lay there wondering what had woken her, when suddenly she heard a noise. It was a dripping sound and seemed to be coming from the bathroom. She must have left the water running, and now it was dripping into the drain of her sink. So thinking it was no big deal, she, she decided to go back to sleep. But she felt nervous, so she reached her hand over the edge of her bed and let the dog lick her hand for reassurance that he would protect her. Again, at 3.45, she woke up hearing dripping. Again, she reached down, let the dog lick her hand, then she fell back to sleep. At 6.52, the girl decided that she had had enough. She got up just in time to see her parents were pulling up to the house. Good, she thought. Now somebody can fix the sink, because I know I didn't leave it running. She walked to the bathroom and there was the collie dog, skinned and hung up on the curtain rod. The noise she heard was its blood dripping into a puddle on the floor. The girl screamed and ran to her bedroom to get a weapon in case someone was still in the house. And there on the floor, next to her bed, she saw a small note written in blood saying, Humans can lick too. Ugh, that's messed up. So some human licking her hand. <laughs> the but dog was he, already dead? How did he know? He must have. He must have knew... He'd been watching her. Knew that she put her hand down there to have the dog lick. Wow, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. 
He was, he already knew. Oof. But did why 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 were her parents going until morning? Yeah, I don't know. I I, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that, but either way, that's humans can lick too. Yep. Are you ready to get horrified again? <laughs> Are you ready to poop your pants? Because I have one more urban legend about a clown stetch. And clowns are scary enough. Oh, yeah. Captain Poopy Pants. Is that a clown name? <laughs> I don't know. It could be. <laughs> He's got brown stripes on the back of his pants. Oh. <laughs> All right, so here we go. A few years ago, there was a wealthy couple who had two young children, a boy and a girl. The family lived in a large lived in a large house in Newport Beach, California. After taking care of their kids all week, the mother and father decided that they needed a break. So they booked a table for dinner at a nice restaurant. That evening, they called a teenage girl they knew and arranged for her to come over and babysit their children while they were out. When the babysitter arrived, the parents told her to fix supper for the kids and put them to bed. After that, you can watch TV and help yourself to anything in the fridge, said the father. And if you wouldn't mind, said the mother, could you watch TV in our bedroom? The kids have been having nightmares recently, so if you hear them crying, you can just go in and calm them down. The babysitter happily agreed, and the parents left for their dinner date. The girl gave the children some milk and cookies, then ushered them upstairs to bed. She started to read them a bedtime story, and before long, the little boy and girl were fast asleep. After tucking them in, she switched off the lights and went to watch TV. When the babysitter walked into the parents' bedroom and sat down, she noticed that there was a creepy-looking clown statue standing in the corner of the room. She tried to ignore it, but it looked so eerie and disturbing that it sent a chill down her spine. She felt as though its eyes were staring straight at her while she was watching TV. As time passed, the babysitter started to feel more and more uneasy about the clown, clown statue. Whenever she glanced at it, she got the unsettling feeling that it had moved ever so slightly. Finally, the clown statue began to freak her out so much she couldn't handle it any longer. She decided to go downstairs and phone the parents. When she dialed the number they had left for her, the mother answered. Hi, it's me, said the babysitter. Everything's fine. The kids are fast asleep in bed. But I was wondering, would it be okay if I watched TV downstairs? Of course, said the father. But why? I know it sounds silly, laughed the girl. But the clown statue is really creeping me out. The clown statue, asked the father. Yeah, the clown statue in your bedroom, the girl replied. The phone went silent for a moment. Listen to me very carefully, said the father. Take the children and get out of the house. We will call the police. Go now. What's wrong, asked the girl. The father gulped and replied, We don't have a clown statue. For a second, the babysitter just stood there, stunned. Then she dropped the phone, raced upstairs, grabbed the children. Carrying one under each arm, she raced downstairs again and fled out into the street. Huddled on the sidewalk, comforting the two children, the babysitter looked up at the bedroom window and saw something that made her scream out in horror. Peeking through a gap in the curtains was the white, painted face of a clown. It stared at her for a moment, then sank back into the darkness. Within minutes, the police arrived and cautiously entered the house. In the upstairs bedroom, they found a man dressed in a clown suit. When they arrested him, they found a knife concealed in his costume. The clown turned out to be a mentally disturbed dwarf who was convicted of murder and cold-blooded, who was a convicted murderer and cold-blooded killer. The evil man had been stalking the family for months, lurking in their attic during the daytime and coming out to sneak around the house at night. For weeks, the children had been complaining about a clown statue that stood in their room and watched them sleep, but the parents just dismissed this as nightmare. Holy crap. Yeah. Oh, no. Random statues? Oh, no, 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 no. That's creepy, right? That's the worst kind of shadow person. Is a clown shadow person. Yeah, nobody likes clowns. No one. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> Go home, Ronald. You're creepy. Yeah, that's. It was just a dwarf. You know what I mean? Like, I guess he was hanging out in the attic during the day, just waiting. Did he never move? Like, I, I feel like if somebody was in my attic, I'd hear him move. Right. Was he coming down and having snacks when nobody was around? And how he was sustaining himself? Like, hey, we ate the crackers. They were for lunch. Yeah, maybe. The mom comes home. The cookie jar is empty. <laughs> Who took the cookies from the cookie jar? Isn't that a song? Yeah. And the kid said, not me. If not you, then who? The clown statue. <laughs> That's not how the song goes. That's the way my mom told it to me. So you had a clown statue when you were growing up, too? Oh, my God, I did. Wow. But you're all still here. Yeah. Would that be Maybe. more creepier? That this person was always living with you, and you had no idea. Hmm. Somebody's always... So, well, if he killed somebody, then, yeah, that would be that would be freaking frightening. That would make you lose your mind but if you get older and you realize somebody had been living with you all this time that's why the oatmeal pies are always missing that's why you always got in trouble for the oatmeal pies missing look let somebody take my oatmeal pie (laughs) and we'll find out who the murderer is (laughs) (laughs) you ever had a cold oatmeal pie cold oh yeah put them in the fridge dude it's the best what i'm about to try this (laughs) better cold way better cold so what do you do? You pack your lunch, you got all your stuff in your lunch bag, and you shove it in the fridge? And I pack my lunch in the mornings, but I make sure to put my oatmeal pie a... right on top of the ice pack so it's nice and chilled <laughs> when I'm ready to snack. Nice. Except I couldn't get one a day because the clown took it. So you're not experiencing shadow people, you're experiencing shadow clowns. Yeah, now it's a clown, man. The shadow people left. <laughs> now it's a shadow clown. clown. Not a shadow clown. Just a normal clown. Just I let him in the other day. I mean, he was knocking on the door, so I let him in. And he stayed. Yeah, I thought he left. I didn't really pay attention once I let him in. I just went and did my thing. So, I don't, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he left. I don't think he went in the attic. Although the attic door was slightly askewed. Uh-huh. It's okay, you're, in, it you're in the basement. Because then I got to go up there. I'll just I'll let him live up there. He'll be fine. But if he shows up in my bedroom, then eat he won't my be damn fine. oatmeal pie. <laughs> then he won't be fine. No. All right. Creepy stories for the week. Yep. I think we're going to go with something really creepy next time. I think we have it in mind. Yep. For the next episode or next creepy stories? For, for the ni- for the last creepy stories oh. of October. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm scared. I'm, I'm scared a little creeped out. I'm a little creeped out. It's going to be Halloween's on Thursday, so that's when the story will be available for people to listen to. The day of Halloween. What? Shot. You're doing it before Friday? Well, yes. Before Friday? <laughs> I knew that. I was just adding that for dramatic effect. You guys you, are going to love it. Do you like this show? I, I love this show. Oh, good. Do you do you want to rate it? Absolutely. How do I do that? Well, you have to find us on Apple Podcasts. Five-star rating. Don't review us. Just give us five stars. And tell us about your creepy clown statues. Yeah. Don't <laughs> give us a one star. If you do, we'll find you. Well, careful. <laughs> now, you can also be reviewed on Podchaser. Podchaser.com slash bring on the weird. If you want to keep up with the Friday episodes, patreon.com slash bring on the weird. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Those are just going to be, like, fun episodes. We're going to talk about all kinds of weird stuff. Oh, yeah. Not necessarily one subject. It might be one subject. We don't know. Don't know. Short, long. We'll find out when we get there. But you're going to enjoy it either way. You'll like it if it's short, and you'll like it if it's long. <laughs> Sounds like a bad Dr. Seuss book. Speaking of him, he'll probably come up later because my man's got some history. Dr. Seuss. Yes. Really? Yes. You didn't know that? 
I don't know he much was, about Mr. Seuss. He was a special somebody. But we're going to cut it off there. That's it. We're done. See you guys. See ya. Stay weird, world. <sighs> I almost had you.